Good morning. My name is Dick and Norman Freeman, and I will be presenting today's lesson titled Stephen's Arrest and Speech from Acts, the sixth chapter, verses 8 through 15, and chapter 7, verses 1 through 2a. Let us first go to God in prayer. Great Jehovah Yahweh, we humbly submit ourselves before you this day, thanking you for another opportunity to study your word. We pray that your word will go forward in a manner that will be pleasing and acceptable to you. We pray that you will use this lesson in a way that someone will be drawn to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. We praise you and we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jews who were born in the Holy Land and spent most of their lives there spoke Aramaic, which is a form of the ancient Hebrew in which our Old Testament is written. After the northern and the southern kingdoms were captured and their citizens scattered all over the ancient world, other Jews born in other places returned to Palestine and they did not know Aramaic or Hebrew. They only spoke Greek, which was the language of the educated people of that day. Devoutly religious Greek-speaking Jews attended the synagogue of the Libertines, or freedmen. Synagogues were Jewish places of worship, like a church building, and they served smaller Jewish communities around the Holy Land too far away to attend worship at the temple in Jerusalem. The synagogue serves the same purpose for a community that the temple served for the nation. A synagogue could be formed in any town large enough to have a congregation capable of supporting 10 Torah scholars. Paul would have attended the synagogue and Barnabas probably did also. Among all these Greek-speaking Jews were a few Christians, with the most outspoken being Stephen. The Holy Spirit spoke through him as he reasoned, discussed, and argued for Jesus Christ. The Aramaic-speaking Jews were probably attending the big temple in Jerusalem, but the early Jewish Christians who spoke Greek were attending the synagogue of the freedmen. The Jews had the wonderful custom of collecting donations for the poor among them. The apostles were among the Aramaic Jews and were the early Christian leaders. They oversaw the distribution of gifts to the widows, yet they were forgetting the Greek-speaking Christian widows. This could have been because of snobbery, because of language differences, or because they just overlooked the Greek-speaking poor. The godly solution of the apostles was to appoint Greek-speaking Jewish Christians to take charge of, the dis of distributing food and money to the widows and other poor among them. The Greek-speaking Christians would know who was in need. The seven men chosen for this task were also chosen for their outstanding spirituality. Among them were Philip and Stephen, who is the focus of today's lesson. Today's lesson title, Stephen's Arrest and Speech from Acts the sixth chapter, verse eighteen, I mean verse eight through fifteen, and Acts seven, 
verses 1 through 2a is divided into three parts for ease of discussion. I will read the scripture in three corresponding parts from the King James Version and discuss each part directly after each scripture reading. These parts are, number one, introduction of Stephen, Acts 6 chapter verses 8 through 10. Part two, opposition to Stephen, Acts 6 chapter verses 11 through 14. And part three, Stephen's effect on the Sanhedrin, Acts 6 chapter verses 15 through chapter 7 verse 1 through 2a. Scripture for part 1, Introduction of Stephen, Acts 6 chapter verse 8 through 10. And verse 8 reads, And Stephen full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Then there arose certain of the synagogue, called, which is called the Synagogue of the Libertines, and the Cyrians, and Alexandrians, and of them of Sicilia, and of Asia, disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. Now let's discuss part one, introduction of Stephen. At this time, all Christians were converted Jews and all attended synagogues. The Christian Jews were a tiny minority among the other Jews. As Stephen, who attended this synagogue, performed miracles in the name of Jesus, other Jewish members who did not follow Christ opposed this effort. They debated with Stephen, but their arguments did not stand up against him for two reasons. First, the Holy Spirit was enabling him to use great wisdom. Secondly, the things that Stephen said concerning Jesus Christ were true. Verse 8 shows us that not only was Stephen full of faith and power, but that he also did great wonders and miracles among the people. Up until this point, only the apostles demonstrated miracles, but we will soon see that in addition to the apostles, Stephen and Philip performed miracles as well. Note this in Acts chapter 8, verse 6. Jews from other countries could not speak the Aramaic, as we've already discussed. Um, so they worshiped in the, a synagogue in Jerusalem, separate from the temple. They all spoke Greek, the language spoken by the educated people of the Roman Empire. Some of them came from Cyrene of Alexandria, two of the most prominent cities in North Africa. And some came from Sicily and Asia, two other prominent provinces in the Roman Empire. Saul of Tarsus probably belonged to this synagogue because Tarsus was in Sicily. Although the men of the Freedmen's Synagogue were well educated in the Greek translation of the scripture, they did not expect it would be so difficult to debate with Stephen. Jesus had promised his followers that he would give them words and wisdom that none of their adversaries would be able to resist or contradict. See this in Luke 
21st chapter, verse 15. Now let's read the scripture for part two, opposition to Stephen. Acts 6 chapter, verse 11 through 14. And verse 11 reads, Then they suborned men, which said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. And, and they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and came upon him and caught him and brought him to the council and set up false witnesses, which said, This man ceases not to speak blasphemous words against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered us. Now let's discuss part two, opposition to Stephen, Acts the sixth chapter, verse 11 through 14. Opposition spread from the synagogue of the freedmen to the great temple in Jerusalem and to the influential Jews who had also opposed Jesus. Unable to counter Stephen's amazing presentation of the gospel of Christ, Jesus Christ, they began a smear campaign. Looking at the charges against Jesus and Stephen, we see that blasphemy was not simply taking the name of God in vain. The religious scholars of that day broadened the charge to include speaking against the temple, which was considered the throne of God, or anything that seemed to assail the word of God or the law. As a result, they seized Stephen and brought him before the great Jewish religious council the Sanhedrin. This was the same religious council that put Jesus on trial. As they had with Jesus, they also brought false witness against Stephen and used some of the same arguments. They accused Stephen of speaking against the temple in Jerusalem. They said that the Jesus he preached about had threatened to destroy the temple. In John 2nd chapter, verse 19, Jesus said that if they destroyed this temple, meaning his body, he would raise it again in three days. We know that they were twisting the words of both Jesus and Stephen without really trying to understand this message. In addition, they accused both Stephen and Jesus of trying to destroy the Old Testament law. Again, twisting their words. Jesus said he had not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And because they were accusing Stephen of speaking about the temple and the law, they were in essence accusing him of speaking against God. Those opposing Stephen had already incited the crowd with hot button issues and now sought to press these issues further with witnesses paid to testify against Stephen. In Matthew 26, chapter, verse 61, it says, Two false witnesses said that Jesus declared, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. This was a shocking statement. It had taken 46 years for Herod's temple to be built, but Jesus was not referring to Herod's temple. He was referring to his body. Scripture for part three, 
Stephen's effect on the Sanhedrin from Acts 6 chapter verse 15 through chapter 7 verse verse 2a. Acts 6 chapter verse 15 reads, And all that sat in the council looking steadfastly on him saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. Then said the high priest, Are these things so? And he said, Men, brethren, and fathers, hearken. Now let's discuss part three, Stephen's effect on the Sanhedrins. When Stephen's accusers finished what they had to say, they noticed Stephen's face looked like that of an angel. His face was shining, similar to Moses' face when he came down from the Mount Sinai after receiving the law. At that point, the high priest asked Stephen whether the charges of his accusers were true. This was probably Caiaphas, the very same man who had presided over the trial of Jesus. But that did not scare Stephen, who then launched into a history of the Jewish people, including their reaction to the prophets that God sent and finally the crucifixion of their savior, Jesus the Christ. The results of Stephen's sermon was that he was stoned and received by Jesus into heaven. There was no longer a need to sacrifice the lives of animals to pay for their sins. Although the 10 commandments, which is God's moral law for, for all human beings is still in effect all the rituals of the Old Testament have been fulfilled by the death and resurrection of Jesus. We still need to study the entire Bible, but the ritual parts have significance primarily to demonstrate the meaning of the cross. This ends today's lesson. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for giving light to your ways and opening our minds that we may see the things that you have stored up for us. Help us to remember to be obedient to you in every way. Help us to recognize that while we are alive here on earth, that we must live in a manner that reflects your ways and your values. Give us the wisdom to know and understand what life in your presence will be like. Help us to understand that all we need to do is tell the story and the Holy Spirit does the rest. Bless this lesson and allow it to touch someone to bring them to a closer relationship with Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen.